0: Hello, and welcome to a brand new season of Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by Laura and Danny from the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen to, And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We would love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the questions today. Right now, though, we're about to join Georgia Tofflow, broadcaster, presenter, and Sunday Times bestselling author on her walk around West London.
1: All right, darling, I'll be back in about 40 minutes. Okay, Okay, bye, darling. Hello, everyone. It's Toff here. I'm just setting off on a glorious, wet, slightly windy. London walk I've been putting it off for about half an hour and I've never seen the joy in those very precise weather apps but god it really came up trumps it said the rain will stop in 13 minutes and in 11 minutes it stopped so off I go I I mean I feel like you know my life is very I'm like two people in one. I think most people probably think that I'm always roaming around sort of Chelsea, Belgravia in all my finery, maybe on a red carpet, but actually 95% of the time I'm doing exactly what I'm doing now. I've got on very, very interesting Wellington boots, of course, very important for, for soggy days like this with my tracky bees tucked into my big, big nasty Primark socks. I mean, they're not nasty, but they look a bit hideous, but they're my favourite. And I've got my cap on and my lovely favourite big barber jacket. So normally I would be walking with my wonderful, glorious ginger spaniel, Monty. But this morning I took him to the groomers, so Monty the dog is going to be fuming that he's not out walking with us today. Um, but needs must. Now, I just want to sort of paint the picture of where I am. So I live in one of the most beautiful, quintessential sort of London muses where the houses, interestingly, the reason why they're built like this, it's where, you know, hundreds, uh, hundreds of years ago, they would store all of the horses for transport. So then, you know, as time went on, people converted them into houses and... It just makes me laugh so much because it's like a little microcosm of the community. We all know each other. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're lucky enough, which I think, I mean, I'm incredibly biased, but if you are lucky enough to live in London, you do end up just living in each other's pocket. And I find so much joy in that. I think <clears throat> it's just a wonderful thing, but thank goodness I get on very well with my neighbors because you can see right in everyone's houses. I know when someone's having a birthday. I know when there's a new baby on the street. You know, the lot. So I'm just currently walking towards Sloane Street. I was going to do my my normal river walk, but where I live, so sort of on the border of Chelsea and Belgravia, um, if you do walk towards the river, it's amazing. But it's very close to sort of the road that runs down past the river. So I thought I'd try and find a little bit more peace to talk to everyone. And it's just so lovely to be speaking out loud and walking. Because I think, you know, I moved up to London when I was 18. And I some, for some reason I settled sort of in southwest London. And every day when I go out, well, I say every day, I take the dog for a walk three times a day. But when I do one of my bigger stompy walks... I feel so lucky, I sort of do the London top, open top bus route and I see all of the most amazing spots, you know, from Sloan Square and, oh I can just see my favourite bus going past, it's the number 22, it goes from the Piccadilly Circus all the way down to Putney and you get such an eclectic mix of people on it, you know, you've got people dropping their children to school, you've got all the sort of city, financial guys going to work on Berkeley Square. And I think it's such a magical bus route. I love it so very much. Oh, God, it's good to be outside. Do you think walking is one of the best things that anyone can do for their health? And I know we all say that, but just getting out and seeing the sky and particularly where I live, just reminding yourself to look up. Sort of, I've I've got a glimmer of Howard's. (laughs) right up front I mean today thank goodness I've got a reason not to go in so that is my favourite thing to do I think you can get some serious steps up in Harrods but it's quite it's quite hard to just keep it to window shopping when you're in there because there's lots of temptation Um, right let's go so I really do feel like Paddington Bear with my Wellingtons on and my big coat storming around. I just think London can be so beautiful even when the weather's like this and quite grey, but everyone's still going about their business and it makes me smile so much. It's odd because I know that some of my friends when I am always on their case, come on, train us on, let's go for a walk. And they say, "No, I don't want to go. The weather's miserable and you'll probably get a big double decker going past you and spraying you with water." But I, um, I'm quite strange in that aspect. I, I'm very British. I, I really come into my own when the weather's a bit dodgy. I must apologise for all of the noise, but that, that just is London. I think I'd be bereft not having it, because even though I grew up in the countryside, I do feel very much that, you know, I'm a bit of a city girl now. And I, I, I feel so lucky that I can still go home down to the southwest in Devon that I do love soggy, windy, rainy London. I wonder whether it's because I spent my whole childhood sort of fantasizing about living up here and somehow I seem to sort of keep my head above water and pull it off. So I'm just thinking, I want to get started with these brilliant questions. So the first question is, what gets you out on a walk? Think about a time of day you prefer to go out and what you enjoy doing and seeing on them. So, as I mentioned, the one big thing that gets me out on a walk is my dog, Monty, and he arrived almost three years ago now. I can't believe it. And I think there is no push to get those shoes on and get outside than a little... I mean, I'm, I really love my dog so much, but when he sat next to the front door at about 7 in the morning... I think, come on then, you little one, let's go together. I think that is a real perk of having a dog, because those mornings where you think, oh, I might just sort of stay at home and go out later when it's a bit warmer. But when you've got that little boy staring at you, you can't. It's unbearable. And that's why I'm so grateful to have him, because, you know, the dog needs to go out and... I love my house so much and I but sadly I don't have a garden so you know I am up and at it every single morning to take the dog out and I feel oh nice bit of building work going on still happening everyone in London that's good I like to see things being built Um, so yeah so the dog is the big the big thing that gets me out and walking and what I really love to do is I have a little route for our small walks and I go right around my old stomping ground um, in Chelsea, down the King's Road, what cl- walking cliche, I literally am. And I have my little coffee shop and I go and I pop in, I'll go into the butchers and I just find where I live. So enchanting. Oh, I'm just walking past my old house. This is what I mean, the route that I walk. And I, I suppose this is like many people, has so many... Wonderful memories, and I can sort of track the last 10 years of my life through the walk that I do every day, if not three times a day. And you know, as I've grown up, I've evolved, and maybe I will walk past the nightclub that I used to frequent far too much. But I just think that's part of growing up, and I, I've recently turned 28, and I felt like there's a real shift between 27 and 28. Now, of course, I know that I am not old at all. Um, But I I felt it and I feel like these sort of rituals, like getting out and walking, is one of the most important things you can do. Oh, I nearly got mowed down by the number 19 bus. Um, The number 19 is on route to Battersea Southside, if anyone cares. And I'm just on the corner. Can you hear it's all going on? I'm just on the corner of Harvey Nichols on the Brompton Road opposite the Mansion Oriental Hotel and my goal is to get across and go into Hyde Park because I feel like in Hyde Park I can go to the beautiful Rose Garden and find a little bit more peace and tranquility which I think every Londoner needs at least once a day because life is so hectic I'm just going, crossing the road so now I'm just walking past Knightsbridge Tube Station One of my favourite tube stations, because you can literally get anywhere. Here we go. I do sometimes feel because of the area that I live in is so full of excess that you need to strip it back sometimes because you know, I think material things can be a real push for me to work hard. But at the same time, it's, you know, finding those little wins and joy in life, like just getting out and going for a walk. Now excitingly I have got eyes on Hyde Park which if we're all honest with ourselves Hyde Park is the best park in the world isn't it I mean I, I personally think so it's literally got everything and I really really hope today that I'm going to see some horses out doing their exercise because the entrance that I use to get into Hyde Park is right next to the Knightsbridge Barracks and Sometimes they even come right down the mews that I live in and I I get woken up by the sound of clip-clopping horses, which is just magical. So I've just set foot in Hyde Park and I just adore seeing everyone going about their business. And you always see some proper characters in here. I mean, once in a blue moon, I bump into a man who walks around with two parrots, one on each shoulder. He sort of does laps of this area of Hyde Park. And my little Monty loves the parrots, and the chap has to kneel down and let the parrots say hello to the dog, which always makes me smile so much. So I'm just thinking, I'd like to move on to question number two now. So the question is, where is your dream walk? Think about the walk you loved most in the past, the one you would like to be on today, and where you really want to walk in the future so my standout walk that i've ever done it wasn't very big but it was very memorable i did an amazing charity bike ride um basically it, it was in india and i did no training whatsoever and it was one of the most transformative experiences i've ever had in my whole life and we did the triangle so we ended up at the taj mahal and i will Never, ever forget the sense of awe that I felt walking around the Taj. And we'd left our bikes and we'd gone on foot to go, sort of like a pilgrimage. Um, Oh, I can see horses, everyone, and they're coming towards me. Oh, God, I felt like I manifested that. They're coming. And they're not, they're actually really going for it. I mean, they're not, they're a bit more than a rising trot. They're actually galloping. How exciting. Um, So, yeah, so the Taj Mahal walking around there, it's got to be pinnacle of my walks however oh no the horses have just veered off right you have to take my word for it they were coming and they've got all of their finery on sort of like they're practicing for when they're on parade at the palace how special is that um so yeah so that's probably my most memorable but I think you know a walk that I've loved the most in the past and this sort of answers the second part of the question as well you know which walk I would like to do in the future and there's a walk where I grew up, well it's a rather large walk, um, down in Devon called the Southwest Coastal Path. And I read a book a few years ago called The Salt Path, written by a lady called Raina Wynne. And her and her husband basically lose everything. And he is so sadly diagnosed with an illness that is on, well it's basically incurable. And they decide together... sell the remaining possessions that they have and go and do something that they've wanted to do for a very long time and that's walk the whole of the south devon coastal path and it goes all the way around and hits all of the places where i hold dear to me growing up you know i grew up in torquay on the sea it goes past there and i always try when i go home to knock off little bits and one day i would love to do all of it and you take a tent and you strip it right back to basics and you walk the whole of the coastal path and you know for me that's exactly what I would love to do and I think you know I, I really do have such a special place in my heart for the southwest because we've got everything in the north of Devon you can go surfing in the south it literally is cool where I grew up the English Riviera guys we even have palm trees like what um so that's that's a walk that I hold very special close to my heart and Recently, I've been able to take my newly born godson and do a part of the South Devon Coastal Path because, you know, he's a little bit young to be sort of doing it all and sadly he can't walk yet. But that was a very special moment for me. So Moving on, the next question is, when you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Think about what helps you calm down and clear your mind. So I am always for work, feeling as though I'm in many intense stressful situations because I think when you are a broadcaster I personally believe that there's oh can you hear the swans Um, I personally believe that there are not many more stressful environments or situations to be in than doing live television and I'm really lucky I present this morning a lot and sometimes it's pre-recorded where my heart rate's a little bit slower (coughs) oh (coughs) excuse me and sometimes it's pre-recorded where my heart rate is a little bit slower, but sometimes it's live from the studio, which is what I've been doing a lot of for the last week. And one thing that really calms one thing that really calms me down is a breathing method called 478. So what you do is you breathe in for four counts, you hold it for seven, and you exhale for eight beats. And it regulates your nervous system and it gets all of the physical symptoms of anxiety settling. And I think it's such a gift. Whoever told me that, oh, can you hear? They're doing a proper exercise on those horses. There's a little naughty horse playing up. I think he's about to be bucked off. Oh my God, amazing. I just feel so, so proud to be British when I see this. They've got all of their finery on. Can you hear? Can you hear the horses? All of the silver is rattling. I wonder what they're preparing for. Oh, how wonderful. Um, So yeah, so the 478 breathing method is something that I really adore and something that I've been doing over the past six months because I've been able to create a home that I feel very safe in and for the past ten years in London I've moved around like nobody's business. And I've made my bedroom a sanctuary of you know, warm, calm, loving, you know, nothing, nothing that triggers anxiety. And I love just retreating upstairs with the dog, getting in bed, closing my Velux blinds and just thinking I am so at peace now. I'm going to turn off the telephone and I'm just going to meditate and relax. And I finally found that in a house because I think when you rent, which many, I say many, most of us do in London, You're always thinking about, oh my goodness, I've got to find somewhere new to live. Is he going to put up the rent? Where am I going next? So I found such solitude in that and creating my bedroom to be that wonderful safe space that I really need. The next question is, I love this because I find it so hard. What does switching off look like to you? Is it important to disconnect or is that the wrong way to think about it? How selfish are you able to be in your life? And what rituals do you use to switch off? Now, straight up, I am so bad at switching off. It's not my thing. And I personally get quite angsty if I do. I think that's probably a generational thing because it will be a mixture of fear of missing out and having so much ambition, which I think is a blessing. But I constantly feel like if I was to ever disconnect which, by the way, the last time we did that was when I was in the jungle. That was the first time ever. I just worry that things might go peat Tong, And that makes me even more nervous than probably the contentment that I would find from truly disconnecting. And I think that's something that I do need to look at when I'm older. But going on to answer the third part of the question, how selfish are you able to be in your life? I feel as though right now at my age with the setup that I've got, this is actually the only time that I really can truly be selfish. I'm fiercely independent. I've worked really hard and, you know, I'd love to have children one day, but as I stand here now, I don't. So I have no one relying on me apart from my dog. And we're like a little brilliant duo that just rocks around together. So I always know that Monty will be looked after. So, you know, now really is the time for me to think about being a little bit selfish. But I think we're all programmed to be... Can you hear them training the horses? They're following me. It's it's amazing. There's someone screaming instructions at them. Feedback is they need to turn quicker. That's the feedback. (laughs) But yes, that's what I feel quite strongly, that now is the time to be selfish and I need to prioritise my selfishness a little bit in the least ghastly way. Um, because if I don't prioritise that now and, you know, what if, you know, one day I get married and I have children or even just have children without getting married, you know, then your whole life revolves around them. And I really don't want to look back on my 20s and think, gosh, you missed out on something or I can think of so many things that I have missed out on because I've been so fortunate and extraordinarily lucky with the opportunities that I've had from work. But, you know, I do prioritise work over everything else like we all do because we want to strive and do well and achieve. But at the same time, sometimes we need to just think maybe going away for the weekend and leaving the phone at home and having wonderful times with your school friends who never see you That might actually take precedence over sitting all weekend when you should be relaxing and banging out emails. So (laughs) it's top of my list to try and be a little bit more selfish in the most unselfish way. The next question is, when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different and how did it go? I like this question because I think it can be answered in so many different ways. So I think for me I I I really need to find more routine. And about a year ago I sat down with myself and it was after my birthday and I just thought you need to prioritize your health more. And I saw an amazing dietitian called Jo and she was helping me because I have a tendency to run around like a headless chicken and either forget to eat or when I do remember to eat I Really tend to choose very unhealthy foods, and I think you want your body to be working at optimum <laughs> sort of output. And I was worried that if I carried on either not eating because I was busy, you know, skipping breakfast, skipping lunch, but then when I finally got home, I was so ravenous, I'd order a pizza and a burger, and that would be it. So she really helped me, and as a part of that, she made me sort of take a vow about taking supplements every day. And the way that it's transformed the way that I feel is just insane. And, you know, she sort of let me know that most people are deficient, mostly throughout the winter, but lots of people in the summer, actually, in vitamin D. And a few other things, you know, every day she, she says I need to take my omega-3. And I set myself a goal a year ago. And one thing that she hammered home to me, because I've been a bit of a fair-weather user of collagen. And the reason for that was is that, you know, I just, I hated the collagen powder because it tasted really fishy or gross. But, you know, collagen is the second most prevalent thing in our body. And the sad fact is that after the age of 25, it just steadily depletes. And Joe, my nutritionist said, come on, we've got to up your collagen intake. And, you know, I did say to her, like, I have found one brand that doesn't taste fishy and I can get it in my water. I mean, you know, I'm talking about vital proteins, collagen, peptides powder. You know, I put two scoops in my tea or my water every morning. And the transformation that I have felt with regards to exercise and the way that I feel is mental. My muscle recovery is so much better. And I think a year on, I think I've probably missed three or four mornings. And that consistency that I have found with nurturing and nourishing my body it's just like so much better than any sort of massage that you can go and have for an hour. It's year long consistency and seeing and feeling the results. So now, if I go and do a really savage spinning class, I can walk up the stairs the next morning and not have a really bad arse ache. And on top of that, my skin and my nails and everything just grows better and healthier. So I think, you know challenging myself a year ago to have, find that consistency with my supplements has been a real triumph and i'm really proud of it so the next question is who's really nailing their well-being in your life is it a friend is it a family member someone who you follow on insta someone who inspires you what about them do you wish to try to emulate god i love this and i don't talk about my dad enough because my dad's an actual hero So I'm gonna talk about my dad now. So he is, I think dad's like 57, 58, just like me. We are carbon copies of each other, all or nothing. So if we're out, we're out. If we're on a health kick, we're on a health kick. However, my dad has one thing that I don't have and that is true consistency and a love of eating healthily and exercise. And I'm telling you, my dad, everyone, no one ever believes me that my dad's my dad because All he's done for the past 35-40 years is drink so much water every single day, eating really healthy, good food, and he has one cheat day a week and he sticks to it like nobody's business. And he makes me laugh so much, I get messages from friends of mine, it'll be like a Sunday morning, my dad's out in the lanes running, he's on his bike, I mean I even went to meet him in Paris when he cycled to Paris, And I just think if you can find that at my age now, a total joy in exercising and treating your body well and looking after it, I do think you can have those slips where you think, I'm going to go out tonight and have a few glasses of wine or I'm going to go to Domino's and eat two pizzas because you've kept it up 95% of the time. It means that you can truly enjoy when you're a little bit naughty. And I think the way that my dad looks and his... Sort of zest for life at his age is a real testament to doing that so yeah big shout out to my dad <laughs> the next question is what's one recent title oh no the next question is what's one recent little win you're happy with gosh mine has got to be so i write romantic fiction and i've written four books i can't tell you how proud i am of them but as every author will probably say you live in fear of not being asked to do it again. And I made sure that I put every single bit of my being into my books because I just sort of underestimated myself and had it in my head that they probably wouldn't want to to for me to write for them again, which sounds insane now because what I'm about to tell you is I've just signed a three-part book deal with HarperCollins again to write three more. And if that isn't confirmation that actually we've all got to stop underestimating ourselves, I don't know what is because when... The offer came through. I cried with happiness. I just felt like every single part of the effort that I put in and you know all of those months that I spent on my own throughout Covid writing these books and editing and re-editing and scrapping chapters and characters and you know actually a bit of hard graft gets you such a long way and I'm at the crossroads now where I need to think of a completely new world for these three books and I'm sort of mourning the loss of the, the girls in my last four because they're these four extraordinarily strong, complex, but brilliant women. And, you know, I've got to rebuild that now. But that's an exciting little venture that I've got to go on. And I'm, I'm going on a little research trip. I'm not going to say where yet, because I'm not 100% that it's going to be the location. But I feel like this, as an author, is such a special... Oh, that lady's got the same dog lead as me. What well done, her. Um, it's such a special place to be in and I'm eternally grateful. This question's a good one. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned this year? I said it at the beginning of this year. It sort of didn't happen for the first three months, but the best lesson that I've learned is that you cannot work every single day. At some point, you've just got to have a day off and do what you want to do. That isn't grinding, that isn't sort of hustling. And I found that even though my Monday's to Friday, when I look at my calendar, all it is is just a sea of different colours and appointments and meetings and, you know, everything that encompasses work. But then I look at most weekends and I feel like I've really cracked it. There isn't much in there. And yes, it's awful. Yes, I'm exhausted by Friday evening. But God, to wake up on a Saturday and not have that low-level... Nervous feeling about where have I got to get to? When's the car arriving? What have I got to do today? I think can give you such stillness of the mind and I think that's probably how humans should work. So I think prioritizing my weekends, and when I say prioritizing, it doesn't mean I'm racing around. It means that my body can sort of relax because I haven't got to be somewhere and do something. And if that means that, you know, Mondays, Fridays are unbearably busy, that's all right. This question's glorious, right? When was the last time you cried? Tears of sadness, happiness, relief or anything else? Straight up, it was when the campmates in I'm a Celebrity read out their letters from home. Because for me, when I was in there, it was such a pivotal moment. And having that sort of like, you know, just any, any resemblance of, a, of communication from your loved ones, when you've been in there, as I was when I was in there three and a half weeks, is really special and there were a few lines that were read out by the current campmates in the jungle in australia and it made me well off and it wasn't sadness it was more happiness because i could i'm quite emphatic as a person and i could feel how much this would mean to all of them and i do think that when you receive a letter and i'm a big advocate for sending letters my friends think i'm bonkers because all they end up doing is inviting me for dinner and then you know, 24 hours later, the thank you letters there at the door. But I think some of us have lost the joy of writing, and I don't mean writing at a Mac or, you know, a computer. I mean sitting down with a pen and paper and transcribing what you're feeling. And I date everything, because I think you never know what's around the corner, and I want everyone to have beautiful little mementos of moments and nights and how one person might be feeling... So yeah, so it was watching I'm a Celeb. I can't believe it. I've never cried at I'm a Celeb before. I've really connected with this series. I just think, you know, ITV have done so well. Last question. I can't believe I'm having such a nice walk. Oh gosh. What's the best advice you could give someone about happiness? Mine would be finding the balance, not having too much of anything from you know, food to, you know, even meditation, for example. You've got to do it, but you've got to balance it out with everything else. And I think when you find that, that really is true contentment and happiness. And why it's so hard for everyone to find is because it encompasses so much. But when you found the balance with every single aspect of your life, from your relationships to your friendships, to the way that you move your body, the way that your mind functions, I think that's a really, really amazing thing. And that's what I'm striving for right now. Getting out and walking helps, I tell you. I'm just charging towards Knightsbridge Gate now. Sort of coming to the end of my walk, so I want to just double check. There are a couple of sentences that I really want to answer, so I'm going to complete them. Being healthy is when I've been kind to myself and I mean that in the sense of my mind, my body and I've been nourishing in the right way and I've been doing my gratitude lists and I've been catching up with the people that I love most in my life. I think we can place so much emphasis on healthiness around food and you know whether you're exercising every day but actually it's the full package and... That's when I feel most healthy. I'm at most me when <laughs> I've got not a scrap of makeup on, my acne scarring is probably way on show, and I can just feel myself being the true version of me when I'm stomping around with my sort of walking boots on. And I'm in Devon in the middle of nowhere and there's probably no one around me. I think that's when I feel the least conscious of who I am and it's probably when I'm feeling most childlike without any constraints of adulthood but that's when I really feel happy but most importantly most me. The best thing about my walk today has been chatting out loud like a mad woman and loving every second. And also, I mean, I don't know whether you can hear the clip-copping, but bumping into all the horses. I love horses so much. I think I feel such a little lucky duck to even be in the vicinity of them. But never mind seeing these beautiful creatures with people sat on top, training for, I don't know, some big parade. It's right up my street, that is. I have loved every second of this. I found it so cathartic and I hope everyone's enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much, I'm going to head home now, right across the bus hustle and bustle of the Brampton Road. (laughs) Wish me luck everyone.
0: Oh, that was a brilliant episode. I felt like we were on a guided tour of London, topped off with a horse parade in Hyde Park. And if you fancy heading to your local park, who knows what unexpected sights you'll see. Our sponsor has a great selection of footwear, perfect for a good old stomp. So before we hear from the team, let's take a moment to hear from Sketches.
1: Here's musician and TV radio host Mylene class for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. My day today is jam-packed, including being a full-time mum. And if you're busy
2: like me, you can't be slowed down by uncomfortable footwear with no support. So, I get all the comfort and arch support I need with Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Skechers teamed up with podiatrists to create footwear with podiatrist-certified arch support for 24-7 comfort. Because if I don't get a day off, neither should my Skechers.
3: Find Skechers ArchFit Footwear for men and women everywhere.
0: Hi, welcome back to Walk to Wellbeing. I'm your host, Holly, plus I'm joined by Laura and Danny from the Health and Wellbeing team. Did you enjoy that walk today?
3: I really enjoyed that so much. Did you,
2: Laura? Oh, yeah. She was like everything I wanted her to be and more, yeah. you know, <laughs> as, a, as a Made in Chelsea fan. I think I mentioned it last time. Um, I just... Yeah, just hearing her mention, like, Harrods and Harvey Nichols and walking down the King's Road and Hyde Park and everything, it was just brilliant. And she's so, she seems to have so much energy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So energetic, so positive. It was brilliant. Danny, what was your favourite part about Toff's episode?
3: Yeah, well, like we just said, I just want to acknowledge like Georgia's zest for not just walking, but life in general. Yeah. It was a real joy to go along with her on her walk today. But to me, I would say the most powerful statement she made was we've all got to stop underestimating ourselves mm. you know, when she announced that she got another book deal. I think it's so easy to fall into that well of you know self-doubt especially when you're tasked with learning something new Mm. and the voice of your inner inner critic can sound louder than ever so when I need a bit of a confidence boost in my personal or professional life I'm gonna remember that piece of advice from Toph. So yeah how about you Laura?
2: Yeah absolutely I think it was nice to see someone like her who seems so confident you know and she mentioned she does live tv and all these different things and even she felt like you know she underestimated herself and whether she could fulfill this book deal and, and stuff like that so yeah. yeah completely agree but also I loved what she said about reassessing things in her life and, and setting herself goals like she mentioned about nutrition and she needed to pay more attention to that last year and how she maybe used to skip meals and things like that it's, cause a lot of the time I think of the things that we are eating that we shouldn't eat but actually she recognized that she needed to eating more regularly and yeah. taking supplements and things and i just thought it was really nice that she sort of congratulated herself for achieving that target that she'd set mm. and it was really uh, yeah i just thought it was quite inspiring and and also what she said about finding a better work life balance and keeping those weekends free mm. you know it's easy to want to do more all the time yeah and say yes i'm sure she gets lots of offers to do different things and she could easily work seven days a week all the time but she she'd really stuck to keeping those weekends free and also I think with your social life it's not just um you know you don't have to plan every single weekend um you know the whole weekend and be doing stuff all the time it's nice to just have a day to do nothing isn't it definitely
3: I feel like it's all those things that she was trying to improve were very foundation level basics Mm -hmm. um yeah you know sometimes we want to you know go to the gym five times a week from starting from zero or I want to eat healthily every single day like every single meal but actually these are quite simple just actually eating on time eating regularly so I don't go mad you know
2: over the weekends yeah and she stuck to her guns as well didn't she 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 sort of it was nice for well it's nice to hear her I, I hope that she does it in her normal life anyway it wasn't just because she was answering these questions but to kind of look back on the year and say yeah I did that you know I said mm. at the start of the year that's what I was going to do and I've done it and I feel so much better for it
0: yeah absolutely because I think it's so easy to kind of move on to the next project isn't it and then not really take stock of what you've done and what you've achieved or yeah. give mm. yourself that pass on the back for um all those things that you have achieved and like you said Danny you know packing in all those all those activities and I think you know we often hear like we're Human beings, not human doings. Yes. I think that's what she, was, what she was getting at there. You know, giving herself or allowing herself those weekends to not have to work every single day. Mm. Mm.
3: It's a nice time of reflection, isn't it, towards the end of the year?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And look at the things that you've achieved throughout the year as well as the things that you want to achieve for the next year. And, and she gave herself credit for those things.
0: Yeah, I think we're hearing that quite a lot at the moment, aren't we? Um, that health and taking care of yourself is more than just topical self-care, like a massage, like Topher's saying, um, a massage or getting your haircut or a spa day. Now don't get me wrong if anyone wants to sign me up to a pamper day then I'm not <laughs> gonna say no <laughs> in fact I'm getting my nails done tomorrow um, Lovely. <laughs> and I love all those things but I think that we're kind of cutting in on to the fact that nutrition and exercise are the key to feeling better from the inside it's not just that you'll work 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 burn yourself out and like you said Danny, like going to the gym five times a week and doing this and doing that and you know working 24 7 and then you just treat yourself to a massage or a haircut yeah. and then you're going to feel refreshed by the end because that mm. is just mm. like sticking a <laughs> self-care plaster on isn't it <laughs> totally but i think for me um it was when Toff said that being healthy is being kind. Yeah. I think, as much as I just said that nutrition and exercise are the key to feeling good from the inside, I do think there's so much emphasis on, well, and Toff was saying there's so much emphasis on food and exercise, but actually it's the full package.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: when she feels most healthy. And you know, that's why um, Health and Wellbeing, the magazine, encompasses this too, because you can't feel. Well, if you're not looking after your emotional health too. Yeah. So I think that's that's what I'm taking away. The, I, I found that a really kind of humbling message at the end, that being healthy is being kind. Definitely.
3: And I think we can learn from Leanne Perro, who was our previous guest, on how burnout is a real thing. And yeah. it's extremely prevalent, you know, especially in work life. You can feel as though you are getting on this hamster wheel. And I feel like that just r- reminded me of something, Holly, when you said about, oh, you know, booking him for that massage or... That haircut or something—it is kind of like when people say, "Oh, like when I do when I do that, then I'll feel happy." Or when I finish mm -hmm. that, oh, then I can relax or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I feel like we've just got to have those little things every day to like bring us joy. I think that's really helped me, especially over this year. You can't you can't wait for things, otherwise you're going to just delay happiness. Yeah,
0: and you know you don't know what's around the corner and if you'll get to enjoy it. So I think. You're absolutely right. But as I say every week, health and wellness isn't a one-size-fits-all. So here we'll be digging into some common myths. And in particular today, I wanted to talk about consistency. Toph mentioned her dad has the kind of true consistency. And this is key to his good health. But how can we make healthy habits stick?
3: I think this is a really prevalent area, you know, especially this time of year when people are talking about New Year's resolutions. So interestingly, when speaking about exercise specifically... Sports Direct has actually found that 48% of us admit that during the colder months we find it hard to stick to our normal exercise routine which Mm. judging by the weather right now I don't think is surprising (laughs) it's absolutely Baltic out there. Um, So to make healthy habits last Wendy Wood who's a professor of psychology recommends that you reward good habits so I don't know say if you went out for a run you could treat yourself to a lovely coffee afterwards Mm. or even like a lovely hot bath at the end with like some epsom salts or something yeah, now you're talking oh yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> or um or, or scrap the workout and just have a bath that sounds that sounds more like switching off to me <laughs> um but talking of switching off actually toff is like a lot of us and struggles with it that could be from guilt like we touched upon last episode yeah, or fear of missing out I know that that's that's another big area that or oh, I, I don't want to stay in and watch this um this show because you know I could be out here with friends or mm-hmm. enjoying yeah. this or doing that but I liked how she said being a bit more selfish was top of her list before she has dependents.
2: I think she's absolutely right to do that and I, I felt like <laughs> as someone who's got two kids and um, the oldest is, is just turned, has just turned 10 I was like, yes, absolutely, be really selfish now because <laughs> yeah. you don't get much of a chance no. to do once you start having kids. No,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, you just don't, don't realise, do you, Laura? Um, I think you take that for granted um, mm. before you, you have got someone that depends on you. Um, yeah. I definitely took for granted just being able to leave the house when I wanted uh, <laughs> or, or <laughs> <laughs> um, go for a nice dinner or go for, like a walk and a drink after work and things yeah like that so I think yeah definitely with each off like definitely make the most of it um while you can <laughs>
2: yeah not to say that no, it's like completely horrible once yeah. you have kids <laughs> no
0: no I was gonna say I didn't want it to sound really bleak yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
3: I'm in the corner here like I've got my eyes down to the floor I don't yeah I don't have children currently um but sounds like a joy <laughs> um but no speaking of you know being able to i think some people have really got that knack to be calling it quote-unquote selfish um people some people just don't have a problem with that yeah. and our our cover star for february confessed that she's a leo and she was like i don't have a problem at all with being selfish <laughs> and you know setting <laughs> boundaries yeah. putting myself first and i thought that's actually so refreshing
0: yeah it really is it's refreshing to hear it from a woman as well because I yeah. feel mm. like it's not exclusively a female problem, but I think it's something that a lot of women struggle with: is that they they don't always feel that they can put themselves first. Yeah, yeah
3: because they're, they're relied upon so much, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're in so many different hats, and I bet we've got some really nice listeners who have got in touch to tell them what switching off looks like to them as well.
0: We have, Danny. Um, so, Top, if you're listening, <laughs> um, there could be some inspiration in here to help you unwind. So, Claire in Woodbridge, thank you for getting in touch. She says, "In winter, when it's chilly and frosty outside, I love the." Ritual of making myself a hot cup of tea, grabbing a blanket, and cozying up on the sofa with a good book. There's nothing like immersing yourself in someone else's world to help you disconnect from your own. Oh, yes. And even better if
2: you're next to an open fire or something, a oh, log oh, burner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've also had Katie in Braintree get in touch to say that the car map has really helped her. She says that there's a, such a good choice of short meditations that she can just pop on during the day when she gets a bit of time to zone out for a while and close her eyes. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the car map as well. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I love their sleep stories. Yeah, but anything like that, I think even even just um, you know laying down if you can for 10 minutes and closing your eyes you know you don't even have to try any sort of fancy meditation or breath work mm. that can make the difference can't it
0: yeah even just like um a quick body scan that can mm. um, that can really do the trick
3: i've um i've never tried the calm app but i've got into like little meditations recently and it's just such a talking about self-care is such like a little a little pocket of happiness and yeah a little yeah. moment like that is just taking it for yourself is really nice
2: kind of just resets you a bit doesn't it
3: yeah, yeah for sure And we've also got Tori from London. So she's got this amazing ritual that sounds just absolutely, she's got it nailed, I think. So she said, I usually need to clear my space first. So that means everything from dealing with unread emails, tidying my flat, etc. Then I like to have a bath and do my skincare, get into my pyjamas, make dinner or tea um, and sit in front of the TV. And she's got her duvet on the sofa is always a win. (laughs) (laughs) She said um, then if she's actually really struggling to relax, she'll put her phone in the other room. And then an early night is always key for her to wake up feeling more rested. Um, and just a little bit of extra self sort of skincare here. She says she likes to use those um, those tan drops on your face. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have oh, tried yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And she says, if I wake up looking tanned and well, then I'll feel good. I can so relate to that.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, a little bit of tan just goes a long way. <laughs> it does though doesn't it? it's like you wake up in the morning if you're really pale and you feel really gray especially
3: this time of year honestly turn into a ghost
1: yeah
2: (laughs) but I love what she said about putting her phone in the other room as well that's a really good tip because I'm terrible for that like watching tv I'll um I just pick up my phone you know say you get a message or something pick up my phone and then before I know it I'm scrolling on instagram or I don't know yeah I know I think it's just like a reflex isn't it exactly it's so reactive yeah it's Mm. not it's not mindful at all and you don't realize you don't and before you know it like 15 minutes half an hour might have gone and then you're yeah you're just not resting and it's and it's so bad isn't it to look at your phone before Ed um is supposed to disrupt your sleep
3: yeah. no do you know what I feel like I've got into a really good habit of so my I put my phone charger out of the bedroom and so my phone is away and not in the bedroom oh. while I'm sleeping and it honestly it's made a huge difference really? I mean I guess I'm lucky in the fact that I have a Lumi, you know those alarm things um oh, so yeah. I don't need my phone in the room to wake me up and that's also been a game changer as well but honestly it was um it it's so if you can I would really really recommend it if you need that to switch off yeah
2: I might try but I just I've I just can't I'm really quite attached to my phone (laughs) and I'm (laughs) embarrassed to say No, Laura so.
3: so am I but I but once you do it I know what you mean because you feel like oh gosh like what if there's an emergency yeah. but honestly there won't be no, no one needs no. you at three o'clock in the in the in the morning you'll yeah. be fine
0: no and that's the thing isn't it like even like on the occasion that you do forget your phone and you think oh my god like what will I have missed and then yeah. <laughs> the disappointment when you find <laughs> it and you've been a whole day and no one actually needs no, me notifications <laughs> there's are there's an, dead yeah there's nothing on there yeah. and I don't know about you guys but um I will always kind of pick someone else up on it if know if you're with them and and they're on the, scrolling on their phone and yeah okay what are you doing um and they're so oblivious to doing it myself and then yeah when i do catch myself i'm like oh okay i'm just as guilty oh
3: 100 percent
0: oh this is such a great chat today i've loved it so a huge thanks from me to you danny and laura and of course to our gloriously joyful guest georgia toffolo Most important of all, though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to well-being. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and well-being team, stay well and see you soon.
3: Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive Health and Wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to gifstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just 9 saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag #WalkToWellbeing, to Wellbeing, and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to Wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.